Big time. It is the Monday night edition. Welcome to it, uh, 7.06, and uh, we're going to go here and do what we do best, talk about employment law and severance, and if you've been laid off or if you've got a question, uh, bring it on. It is a live call-in show, as you know, Monday night, Wednesday night, the weekend shows, and the employment law show happens on TV as well, on Global TV and CTV on the weekend uh, morning, so you want to check that out. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the way to get a hold of. Dave Vaughn is in the, uh, the big chair tonight, the hot seat. Answering all of your questions for the next uh, 45, 50 minutes or so. So please bring it on. We are ready to uh, to start answering. And the phone lines are wide open, so plenty of room uh, for you. Got a lot of stuff to get through tonight as far as topics are concerned. We'll get to some emails. And uh, you may have been constructively dismissed if... And we'll get through those talking points uh, throughout the show as well. So phone lines are open. Bring it on. We always start, Davey, with the uh, the week that was. you got a couple things happening. What's going on with you? Yeah, the uh, first one I wanted to talk about is a uh, recent client of mine who uh, was terminated uh, after only three months of service. But the unique situation here is that they were employed pursuant to a fixed-term contract. So it was actually a fixed uh, a yearly contract, and it was just a, the one contract he had signed, and uh, that was scheduled to go for a full year. Three months in, the employer terminates it and just says it wasn't working out, doesn't provide him with anything. Now, under normal circumstances, if we're dealing with common law, you know, he's a short service employee, uh, so it'd be, you know, his entitlements would be limited to probably, you know, one to three months, um, and, uh, you know, that would be the normal case. But in this mm-hmm. situation, there was it was a fixed term contract. There was no early termination provision, so he was actually entitled to nine months of severance pay, the balance of the contract. So, um, you know, three times the amount of time he actually worked. It was his uh, legal entitlement, and uh, and that's a huge burden for an employer to take on. But uh, you know, I see that happen sometimes, and a lot of the time, you know, and there's really no way out of it unless you have an early termination provision. Um, and a lot of the time, this comes up, and uh, you know, especially with smaller employers, and they say, well, I don't want to hire someone like on, a, on an indefinite basis, so I'm just going to hire them to a contract, so I know when it ends. And that's a huge mistake. Um, and it's a huge mistake because if you do let them go, unless you have a perfect termination clause, you have to pay for, pay them for the balance. And a lot of the time, the balance of the contract is going to be significantly more than common law, especially when you're dealing with a short service employee. Um, so from the you know from an employee, if, if someone wants to sign up to a fixed term contract like this, especially if it's just the first time uh, you're doing it, it's it's actually uh, you know it's usually a pretty good deal. If you're an employer, um, you know it, it's you got to be careful of that because you may think you're making the right decision in terms of limiting your liability uh, and not having to um, you know have this employee on indefinitely. But uh, that, that's a, it's a big mistake, and uh, the the law allows you to let people go. It's just um, you know at common law you just have to pay them sometimes of a severance package um, and uh, but in most cases a fixed term contract would be more than what the common law severance pay is um, and if you're going to do any type of contract whether it's fixed term or just an indefinite term have a, uh, a termination provision that specifies what you can uh, pay them upon termination. That's uh, of course uh, wise words for an employer now if you're an employee entering into this contract is that something you should also be looking out for if your potential employer has put one of these things uh, reasonably ironclad in the contract. If so, is this something you can have a little bit of negotiation power with? Yeah, I mean, if you're, um, yeah, if an employer is going to, uh, you know, put in a, a termination clause, you obviously want to understand what that is and uh, and you know read that and have it reviewed by someone uh, by a lawyer who who's going to be able to tell you what happens if you get let go. 
Yeah, it's, you know, everything's up for negotiation, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, if, uh, if you're unemployed and you want a job and the employer won't change it, uh, won't remove the termination provision, um, you know, you basically have to make a decision. Do, you, do I want the job even though, uh, you know, my termination entitlements are limited or am I going to pass on the job because of what could happen if I get let go? So, you know, that's a tough thing for uh, a lot of employees to consider. Um, I mean, the time then you do, when you do have some leverage and you're going to not want to sign something like that or at least insist on it being removed is if you're otherwise employed. Right. Um, so either you're, you know, you're getting another role within the company, uh, or you're, you know, be you're switching jobs. You're you're going to a new company, and so why would you give up a, you know, a secure job, a job where, um, in all likelihood, you have common loss, you know, termination entitlements yeah. and seniority, um, for a job where they're not, uh, where they're going to limit it to the uh, to the Employment Standards Act. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cells, the number you want to use. Bring it on, ready for your calls. In the meantime, what else you got going on, brother? Yeah, another one I wanted to talk when uh, talk about was a, a long service employee, seventeen years, mid fifties in a sales role, and uh, he got let go. And um, you know, under the Employment Standards Act, he was entitled to eight weeks. And the employer told him that, and they said, you know, if you sign this release, uh, we'll give you an extra two weeks. So it's a, a total of ten. And um, you know, he was very adamant that it's, it's it was a good deal because you know the he, the, uh, the company told him that uh, he, he looked it up online and it was better than his Employment Standards Act entitlements. So he thought this this extra two weeks was generous, and um, you know you don't have to uh, you know go to the severance calculator to know that ten yeah. weeks of termination pay is not going to be reasonable for someone with 17 years of service. I don't care no what kidding. your job is. I don't care what your your, your age is. Um, that that is. You know, it's well, I mean, it's two weeks beyond the minimum, and uh, a very, very bad deal. But um, you know, he he had uh, googled it and uh, went to I think the the government's website, and you know, he said, oh, it's only eight weeks. My the payroll is not two point five million. Um, so that's, you know, it's the two weeks is, is extra, so I shouldn't turn it down. And, um, you know, after, uh, you know, we discussed it, uh, I was able to explain that that's, that's not the case and that, uh, you know, we can get him a, a better severance package that will at least recognize the amount of time it'll take him probably to get a new job. Well, that's another reason why for the past, you know, seven, almost eight years now, you and Lior and everybody have been saying, don't go to the ministry to check how much severance you wrote ever. Don't do that. Either call you guys at the firm. By the way, that number, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred help at employmentlawyer.ca or go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, which we'll get to in uh, just a few minutes here. In the meantime, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Ian, good evening. How are you, pal? Good evening, sir. It's not too bad. You guys? Yeah, we're hanging in there. Uh, what's your concern, brother? Uh, I really need some help over here. I'm uh, I'm a retired uh, veteran uh, in the forces, and um, I had to obtain a job. Happy to obtain a job uh, this early early on in the year uh, with the with the city of uh, Mississauga as a, as a full time temporary worker. Anyways, I was given, uh, I fulfilled my, uh, my duties uh, very well, but I was given extra duties because the supervisors, uh, there was conflict with the supervisors, and they ended up leaving to go on vacation. They gave me extra ordinary, uh, extra responsibilities, which I had to fulfill. Uh, to no avail, I couldn't uh, adhere to all the responsibility because uh, there was no cooperation with the uh, hired summertime students. And uh, I ended up getting terminated in uh, in August uh, the first, and uh, my contract should have been uh, till late October, and with a possible of an extension, which I know there was an extension because everybody else was still working, and there was ads in the uh, on the website in the city website that they still required workers. 
I like to know uh, to this day. I have inquired many times why I've been terminated. They said they will not disclose that. Uh, they've uh, part of the termination of my in my contract. They gave me some money, uh, eight hundred and change, and they just told me to go away and not to bother them. Yeah, it's a uh, you know t- tough situation, obviously, and um, you know to an employer can let you go and they don't need a reason, so they, they don't have to provide you with a reason, um, but they would have to provide you with a severance package, and um, you know if if there's no termination provision in your contract, um, it would depend on your age, your years of service, and and the position you held. Were you, when did you start working there? In April, sir, in the springtime of April. So yeah, you've been there for several months, and uh, how old are you? I'm a, I was 49 at the time. Yeah, okay. Just, you know. So, I mean, you know, in all likelihood, you'd be entitled to a couple couple months of severance pay, um, which is probably more than they've given you to date. Now, were you, so was it a fixed-term contract? So did it actually have an end date, like a specified end yes, date? Yes, sir. Uh, end of October, uh, I think the 20th of October, with definite uh, extension for uh, for good work, right? And I, I okay. my, my uh, reports were uh, very well, right? Excellent. And uh, due to the fact that uh, I, t- I had to take on uh, unwillingly uh, uh, more job uh, duties because the supervisors weren't present at the time, uh, I ended up getting shafted because there was no cooperation on the job site. Right. So, you know, unless there's an early termination provision, I'd have to review the contract. Uh, if it's a fixed term, that you, I mean, you'd be, you should get the pay from August 1st until you know, at least the October, I think it was 20th, you said. Um, and it's possible you could get more than that. Um, so I would give us a call and have us review that contract and, and the situation, and we can uh, see if we can uh, help you get some of that uh, severance pay. I really need your help, uh, Leo. I really do because uh, I really want this job, and I didn't do I, in my bottom of my heart. I I didn't show any malice to anybody, and, and I tried to reason with the uh, management, but uh, they said we can fire you at any time, even on presumption. Like I don't understand that. Like what do you mean by presumption? I haven't done anything wrong. And I even have all the proof in the world uh, that I've uh, got okayed. All my work was okayed by all the supervisors. Yeah. If you're not in a union, I mean, you don't have a right to the job. They can let you go, and they don't need a reason. It's just um, it's going to cost them you know, a severance payment. So um, that's what we'll have to discuss. Um, so, so please give us a call, and we can review that contract and discuss your options. Ian, uh, yeah, write this number down, Ian, for sure, one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. Get a hold of Dave here or Lior. A member of the team, again, one 821 5900 And that right there, uh, what Ian said, I mean, that's just the difference between you hearing that exact explanation on the phone every day and us on the air is the fact that everybody listening can hear it. They've, and you can't blame people. It's the, you know, how can they do that? They let me go. And it's, it, I know it's a struggle that you and Lior have a day saying, you know, they can do that legally as long as it's, you know, as long as you've done nothing wrong, they're not firing you for the wrong reason or a human rights violation. We often joke that, you know, if you come in one day, your boss says, you know what, you wore a blue tie yesterday. I'm not a big fan of blue ties. So, yeah, I'm going to have to let you go. And it gives you full severance. Yeah. They can do that. As asinine as that sounds, they can do that, right? So I think that's the trouble that Ian ha- Ian's having, providing you got the right severance he's thinking how can they do this how can they do this but that's you try to get people to move past right yeah and it is tough uh, you know I, from a personal 100%. perspective you you know you think you're doing everything right and you know there's no issues and uh and all of a sudden you know you're just suddenly let go 
um, you know, I'm sure that's um, you know really tough to deal with and, and understand and explain to people, right? People are asking, well, what happened? You must have done something wrong. And, and you know, a lot of time, no, that's not what happened. Um, I did nothing wrong. But, um, the, you know, the employer exercised their right to let me go. Right. And um, that, that's just how you have to look at it. And uh, just like you're allowed to quit whenever you want and you don't have to, you know, have, provide a, a valid reason, and an employer is allowed to let you go when, you know, whenever they want uh, and for whatever reason they want, assuming it doesn't uh, conflict with human rights legislation. We have lots coming up here. Uh, stick around for it. We're going to take a, a wee little break and then get into you may have been constructively dismissed if that and more of your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Bring it on. We are just getting warmed up here. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. Welcome back indeed. Plenty of time to call in here at 720, the Monday night edition of the Employment uh, Law Show, 416 870 6400 star 640 on cell help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out if you have not gone there yet i mentioned it off the top and this is something uh, very cool and recently uh, recently completed that is pocketemploymentlawyer.ca it's a, a very cool website coming hot off the heels in the success of the severance pay calculator that was around for several years and um, i think last time we checked when it was a standalone uh, website and or app it was about 750,000 clicks on the severance pay calculator so a lot of people have been educated got their eyes open about what their proper severance should be and hot off the heels of it and an even more robust version would be the uh, pocket employment lawyer severance pay calculator is rolled into that um there's a section about termination for cause whether or not you're an independent contractor if you've been constructively dismissed human rights violations workplace harassment there's even a section on long-term disability so you want to check that out and uh, completely anonymous it's free couldn't enter a credit card if you wanted to uh, you can walk away with the knowledge in your head and if you choose you want to contact dave or lee or a member of the team there is a yellow contact us button right at the top corner again pocketemploymentlawyer.ca is the uh, way to go to Have a look at that sucker. In the meantime, we're going to talk about this. You may have been constructively dismissed if. That's an interesting topic because there's a lot of misconception when it comes to this, right? Yeah, it's a uh, big one. We see a lot. uh, A lot of different issues come up that uh, could be a constructive dismissal. And, uh, you know, uh, there's different strengths and weaknesses Mm -hmm. to each one. Um, Whenever I'm explaining to people, I say the classic constructive dismissal, the easiest constructive dismissal is a change in your compensation. Sure. And, um, you know, the easiest of, you know, within that is a cut in your salary. So a a reduction in your uh, base salary is, um, you know, in most cases will be a constructive dismissal. Um, The, you know, other ones that we see sometimes are uh, changes to the bonus or commission plan. Right, right, right. Um, but those ones are a little trickier because I mean, with a base salary, you know, you it's 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 you objective, it. right? Yeah, it's, yeah, you can measure it. It's a, here's a ten thousand dollar cut in your base salary. Well, there's no question that's a big change, which is needed to prove constructive dismissal, and it's a you know a big change to an important term of employment, the the salary you get paid regularly. Sure. Commissions and bonuses are, are, are more difficult, though, because um, sometimes companies make changes to these policies uh, or, or programs, and the idea is that, you know, that it's going to, even though that there's a, a change in one respect, that it could cause, you know, it could result in the employee getting more money or, or the same amount of money in a different way. And the classic one I see on that is when uh, employees are told that what they're going to sell something for is, is okay. lower. But so the cost is going to be less. So then they say, well, I get a commission of a percentage commission. So obviously I'm going to make less money. But the, the counter argument to that from the employer is always going to be, well, no, you would have been able to sell more. Right. So it actually wouldn't have resulted in a cut in your pay. Uh, you would have made up that and maybe you would have even made more money. 
So in mo- unless it's very uh, you know objective and it's clear, uh, what I always tell people when it's a change to the commission or, or bonus plan is you got to wait it out. You got to see what happens. Now you have to be careful when you do that because uh, as we've discussed in the show a lot is you can't accept changes um, or, or or not you know to, to your terms of employment because then eventually you'll just be deemed to have accepted that right. um, indefinitely. But generally, what I tell people when it's a change in commission or or bonus is. You know, write an email, and it's important to get it in writing to the employer, explaining your concerns, and say, you know, this is my, this is the problem. I think this is going to be a result, uh, uh, you know, a cut in pay. Gotcha. Let the employer respond because they're going to probably provide their side of the story, right? And explain why they don't think it is. And then you just say, okay, well, I, I'm still concerned, but I'll give it a shot, and I'll see what happens. And you know, you have to give it enough time, to, whether it's you know a, a couple months or um, you know a quarter or something like that. And if you can prove that, see these changes that had already highlighted and already you know flagged as being an issue, they did result in a cut, you know, a big cut in my pay. Mm-hmm. Well, then you'd be able to establish a constructive dismissal. Right. But uh, the, the issue is if you sorry. jump the gun, right, John? Like if you jump yeah. the gun before you actually know, because the employer can always rewrite history and say, oh no, you would have been able to sell more, so there wouldn't have been a change, it would have been a cut. Any of these uh, strike a chord as we go through them, feel free to call with that or any other topic, I possibly for a, a friend or a family member if it concerns them. It's 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We we're talking about uh, you may have been constructively dismissed if your employer moved your workplace to a new location. We get that one quite a bit too. Yeah, and this is a really tough one, definitely gray area. Um, you know, I, you know, I've seen some obvious ones where someone was uh, told they have to move across the country. Yeah. Um, that's you know that's going to be a constructive dismissal pretty well in most scenarios unless the you know the person has a history of moving around. Yep. Um, the, the tougher ones are within the you know within the same city or within the GTA um, because you know what what may look like you know it's only a, a thirty kilometer increase in driving. Um, well, that could be a huge um, you know increase in terms of time if you're especially if you're in traffic and you know you're you're driving during rush hour. So a lot of it'll come down to uh, the time it takes you and. Um, you know when you have to leave, obviously, and um, but those are tough ones. And but the one uh, one thing that uh, you know will usually result in a constructive dismissal, or at least allow you to not accept those changes, um, and, and allege constructive dismissal is if the change to the work location causes you know conflicts with some type of family responsibilities. So you know, I think we a couple of weeks ago we spoke with some people who they were making changes. Um, I think to the work location, and the issue was uh, a lot of these people had to pick up their kids from school or the, for right. or daycare and whatnot. And um, you know that can cause a uh, you know if, if it's if the change in work location is going to cause a uh, an issue in that regard, then that that goes a lot a lot further than just you know I, I don't want to drive the extra half hour. Well, and you know you mentioned the driving thing. It really is an individual. Uh, aspect of this because if you and I work at the same place, generally work the same hours and they've changed the location across town, that might end back and forth for you, maybe 30 minutes to an hour of a commute. You might be able to suck it up, don't necessarily have to, but for me, if it's two extra buses and two hours more to get that distance, that's a completely different animal for me, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. So you and I could live at the sa- in the same neighborhood and uh, you know, the, ch- the change in location could be the um, you know, the same in terms of where where our job went. But um, if you are if you have to rely on public transit and I'm driving a car, that can make a huge difference. If you're transferring buses, going from the subway mm-hmm. to a bus and stuff, um, you know, that can have a, a big impact on the time it takes to commute. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, any time in which your commute, um, you know, your daily commute is going to be, you know, 45 minutes, 
over that um, longer, I think that starts being a real problem, you know, a, a real issue yeah. for people, a, a genuine yeah. concern, right? And I know it doesn't seem like a lot. Oh, it's just uh, it's just an hour more a day, but you know, add that up uh, over a week. No that's, kidding. That's five hours, right? That's five hours of time. Um, and yeah. whether it's um, you know you're you know spending your your free time with family, anything like that, that can have a big uh, impact on people's uh, people's you know life. You want to reach Dave anytime or Lior, 1-855-821-5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca, or to call in for the remainder of the time here. Bring it on. Don't be bashful. Love to talk to you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. In the meantime, uh, talking about things uh, and for reasons you may have been constructively dismissed if your work environment has become what we call poisoned and your employer, they won't do anything about it. Yeah, that's that's one we see quite a bit, and a lot of that time that comes up because of conflict within the workplace, and whether it's right. with colleagues or um, or managers um, that people are dealing with. And you know, I always say that these are the toughest constructive dismissals to prove because um, you know, like, unlike a uh, a change in you know compensation, a change in work location or schedule or, or position, poison work environment all always going to be you know. Um, there's going to be two sides to the story and there's nothing concrete we can point to. It's just experiences that the person's had. So um, it can definitely be a constructive dismissal, but um, these are the toughest to prove. It's very important if you're an employee um, to keep track, written, you know, basically a written record of the issues you're having. It's important to flag those issues to, you know, your manager or human resources uh, and really put the employer on notice that this isn't, uh, that these issues are happening and show that you've done everything you can um, to, to deal with it and, uh, you know, deal with the situation that the employer has basically done nothing to. Um, and if they, you know, continue to allow it to happen, it, yeah, poisoned work environment, harassment, um, you know, bullying, it absolutely can be a constructive, constructive dismissal. You know, it's amazing, and you did say keep record of a written record, send emails, do all that stuff, be pretty diligent about that because, as you guys often said, if you say nothing, silence is the same as as acceptance, and you don't want to go down that road and have to battle your way back saying, oh, I, I meant to send emails, because they'll say, well... We didn't get any. Yeah, contemporaneous emails and notes and whatnot no. is is key, and just for credibility. If um, you know you're coming up with everything after you've resigned and try, you're trying to get a severance package, it's, it's just natural human you know human nature. You're not going to be as believed as if you had actual emails. You know, yep. for the last six months complaining about it. Um, and uh, another one that uh, I don't believe we have uh, have listed here, John, is um, they kind of uh, had me thinking about it when we were talking about the work location. Yep. Is uh, is the schedule? Is someone's work schedule? And Days to nights or something like that. Yeah, and, yeah. and obviously everything. It's always on a you know on a, on a scale, right? If you switch from um, if you work nine to five and they want to work you, uh, you know, basically flip those hours and make you work nights. Uh, you know, start at five p.m. I mean. That's clearly a constructive dismissal. Yeah. It's a yeah. fundamental change to your job. That's not what you signed up for. Um, or if you know you work Monday to Friday, and they say, "Oh, we're going to switch you. You have to start now work Saturday, Sunday, and you know you'll take Monday, Tuesday off." That's you know it's a big change to someone's uh, someone's life, especially if they haven't done that before. Uh, the trickier ones are obviously when they change, you know, make minor changes to the hours. So let's say you start at eight thirty, you're eight thirty to four thirty, and they want to switch you from you know, to eight o'clock, uh, eight to four right. or something like that. And, you know, that can seem minor to some people. It's only, it's only half an hour, only an hour or something like that. But, you know, if, if your whole life revolves around that, if you, you have, um, you know, pick, you know, pick up your kids or, uh, For or sure. something, um, yeah. you know, that can be a big difference. And that's also an example of one that can be a constructive dismissal potentially for one person and, mm-hmm. and not necessarily for someone else. So um, in constructive dismissal cases, all constructive dismissal cases, the context matters. Yeah. Uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number to call through. You got uh, questions, bring them on. This is the show and the time that uh, you want to do it. Hey, Joe, how are you? 
Hi. I just want to start off by saying that the worker compensation system in Ontario is one of the worst in North America. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no uh, accountability to negligence, uh, no accountability to past uh, losses of income associated with inevitable repetitive strain injuries as well as fatigue-related sprain injuries and overexertion strain injuries related to the nature of my job. And, uh, you know, there's negligence on the part of, you know, the the Ministry of Labour and the Government of Ontario. You know, there's no standards, no protocols and, and mandates where workers should have access to formally report work injuries in the workplace. Um, the work injuries that get reported don't get reported. You know, it's one thing to verbally report and then another thing to formally report. So what happens is over the years I was misled, just like a lot of people get misled, until finally you suffer a chronic pain injury, which is irreversible, you know, post-acute, and it lingers with you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you're fooled and tricked into going back to work, you know, partially recovered and not properly assessed and... You know, you you went through losses of quality of life and uh, enjoyment of life problems. And then there's the financial problems, you know, future losses of income. Uh, You know, past repetitive strain injuries were not compensated for. And uh, then when you return back to work, you know, you got to put up with workplace harassment. Uh, Other injuries developed when you return back, when I returned back to work, you know, with the neck and then the shoulders. And uh, musculoskeletal injuries, you know, involving the joints, which I attribute mm-hmm. to a hist- which I attribute to a history of repetitive strain injuries, and then just going through the legal system, you know, I always hear excuses that the system sucks, this and that, and it's not good enough, you know. Like, yeah. Like, so you didn't go through WSIB for that? Yeah. You, you did go through WSIB. Of course, yeah, I went through WSAB. Yeah, and you just weren't happy with it, weren't, weren't satisfied with their uh, with the outcome and, and how they handled it. You know, the system is designed, you know, to, to have so many technical problems, you know, and things don't make sense. Like uh. it's like you, it's like you got to conform to this society of insanity. You know, it's like everything is a sickness. You know, it all starts from when you're young. You know, you don't realize you're being misled for so many years. And then when you finally do realize that you've been misled, it's like the second time. You know, like in, uh, 2000, in 2008 with me, it was the second time that I got misled. And then that's when I realized that all the years before, like these repetitive strain injuries, you know, they, they amounted to like $20,000 worth of loss of income, like over a six-year period. Then, yeah. since, two, then, yeah. since, two, then, yeah. then since 2008, you know, I've lost between three and four hundred thousand dollars in wow, income, in income wow. as as well as uh, employment opportunities. Because in 2006, the injuries that I sustained were two bulging discs and a herniated disc. You know, more pain. In What'd my you life. do for a living, Joe? What'd you I do? Worked in a, I worked in a warehouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a tough racket, man. Yeah. Coinciding with that, you know, I worked uh, also in a grocery store. You know, multiple times in a grocery yep. store, and uh, often I had to quit because these places were always understaffed. You know, they expect you to do the work of three people. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's. A, I mean, Dave, what do you say? It's a it's a it's a tough racket, right? I mean, it, it's tough to to 
go through those waters? Can the legal system do anything with them? Is it a matter of you know getting nipping in the bud early with an employment lawyer? Is there anything you know? I mean, it's a WSIB thing. I realize, but it's it sounds like he's had a pretty rough time, right? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, a lot of issues that seem to be coming up here. Uh, obviously, know. WSIB would handle everything relating to workplace injuries. Uh, in terms of you know if he's you know if Joe is uh, you know either let go or discriminated against on the basis of these medical conditions, you know that's a, a human rights issue. And uh, right. in any case, if he is let go or if he's uh, you know constructively dismissed because of uh, a failure to accommodate or or whatnot, uh, he'd be entitled to severance. So um, you know if if any of this happened in the last couple of years, uh, you know I'd, I'd recommend uh, Joe that you give us a call and uh, we can get into this in more detail. Yeah, Joey, appreciate the call. And, uh, yeah, if you want to reach out and maybe just uh, go over some broad strokes with Dave uh, to see if there's anything there, feel free. I mean, the number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred do so. Might be uh, worth a quick chat, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. But uh, for the remainder of our time here, you still got uh, time to call in and ask your questions as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell is the number. In the meantime, you may have been constructively dismissed if – you were demoted or had responsibilities taken away. How about that one? Yeah, and that's uh, you know another one we see a lot. And you know, I, I don't see an actual a flat out demotion very often. I find employers are pretty hesitant to actually um, formally demote someone, like to tell right. them you know you, your title has gone from this to this. Um, but what I do see more often is a uh, when they kind of strip you of your duties and responsibilities, and a lot of time it happens slowly. Um, so, you know, you start losing some of your uh, responsibilities and maybe they uh, bring someone else in to, to take on some of those and yeah. um, basically just start undermining you in the company. And, you know, that can obviously, you know, if we're dealing with a demotion, that's a pretty easy constructive dismissal to prove sure. in the sense that it's, you know, we can point out the, the formal letter that the employer gave you and said, look, this is obviously a demotion. It's a, a lower position and, um, you know, it's they're not going to accept this. So it's a constructive dismissal. Uh, the duties and responsibilities, when those are kind of, um, you know, T- taken down or taken away, um, that can be tougher. But the you know it goes back to um, you know early on um, expressing your concern, uh, highlighting the issues in an email, and uh, kind of keeping track of that. And uh, you know it, it may not happen all at once. So you know the, their first decision to take away some duties may not be a constructive dismissal. But if you keep track of that and it adds up over time and it's significant enough and it shows kind of a pattern of that, um, then that can be a constructive dismissal. But it is contemporaneous emails and notes and whatnot is important. To Proof that. 416 870 star 640 on cell. Next up, Dave, thanks for hanging in. Uh, good evening, Dave. How are you, pal? Good, thanks. Good. What's your concern? Uh, my question is I was working, quote unquote, as a subcontractor for 14 years. For the, really? same, for the same person, for the. He dictated where I went. He dictated the price. He dictated everything. And if I didn't go in, I was considered to be fired. It's the only guy you're working for? No, it is not. Okay. So a year ago, not even a year ago, in January, I quit due to fixing my tax issues. That's a whole different ballgame. When I went to fix my tax issues, I was told that I was considered an employee because I didn't supply material, I didn't dictate where I worked, and I didn't dictate the price. And I quit because his son took over and started giving my work away to his friends. So I'm just curious, if I was considered an employee and if he is actually due to cover my taxes. So... 
Yeah, the te- you know whether you're an employee or a contractor will come down to uh, some of those items you uh, kind of you know, identified, which is, um, you know, who told you to do the work, who gave you the direction and whatnot. Um, So are you saying while you worked with him, though, you did do other work on the side? No, I never worked for other people. Okay, so 100% 100 of your income came from him? 100% of my income came from the same guy for 14 years. Okay, and and you used his tools and and everything, and uh, it's not like... I used my personal hand tools. Okay. But not the big tools, like... Right. Yeah, so, I mean... In all likelihood, you know, you, you probably were an employee, and it sounds like someone's made that determination. I'm not sure if that's um, a government authority or or, or, um, or whatnot, but um, so if you're an employee, if you're let go, you'd be entitled to severance pay. Now, in your case, it sounds like you quit, um, which anyone who, who quits is, you know, you, you wouldn't be entitled to severance pay, but if the reason you quit was because he, you know, he started taking the work away from you and you're not providing you enough work, well, that could amount to a, a termination or a constructive termination um, in and of itself, and, and could to still entitle you to severance pay. Now, considering the fact that I had only worked for him, because I know the subcontractor laws, so you're not supposed to work for some person for more than six months out of a year. Would he be liable for my uh, income tax? Because he told CRA that he paid me HST, and in 14 years, I never charged him one dime in HST, but I ended up getting put on the hook for it all. Yeah, I mean, for the, in, in terms of that, then yeah, he would uh, he would be on the hook for it. Um, in terms of your income tax, um, you know, at the end of the day, you'd be on the hook for the income tax, but I'm sure you, you reported your income, right? So um, there's probably not a huge liability there. He can actually have a liability for not withholding. Um, you know, the, the tax issues, it, it, is tri- it gets tricky with the, um, the contractor employee thing because when you work as a contractor, obviously there's certain advantages to that. And so if you're going to go and say all this after the fact, oh, I think I was an employee, well, I mean, that can benefit you from a severance perspective and whatnot, or maybe a vacation pay or overtime, but um, you can also get hit um, hit from a tax perspective, because you're essentially admitting that it wasn't the proper way of doing things, so. I've already fixed all my taxes. I was on the hook for $440,000. Oh, my God. And yeah. yeah, so but I mean, so if you've dealt with it, if you, if you're if you're a square in that regard, um, it, it probably does make sense to see, um, you know, give yeah. us a call and see if there's, uh, you know, uh, some type of a, uh, you know, severance package we can go after for you. Because if you work there consistently, um, and uh, you you know you essentially let go because they took away your work and they stopped giving you work, I mean, that would be probably a constructive dismissal. Well, what happened is I had a handshake deal with him on a building that I was doing that if I did this one thing for less money than what it should pay, I would get all of part B. Well, halfway through part A, he gave away all of part B to somebody else, and I was stuck at the price that he told me to. Right. So, I mean, that, that sounds like um, yes, a pretty detailed uh, issue here that we, we'd have to get into. Um, I should point out, too, it's possible that you were a, you know, a dependent contractor. So uh, even if maybe you weren't a full-time, you know, a purely employee, you could actually still be entitled to still severance. As a, yeah, as a yeah. dependent contractor. So it'd be worth uh, worth looking into anyways. Dave, appreciate the calling and let you go there. Here is the number to reach out. Do so. Do soon. one 821 5900 is the way or help at employmentlawyer.ca. Get to uh, Sally. Sally, thank you so much. You're hanging out for a while, I realize. Uh, how are you tonight? I'm good. Thank you. Sure. What's, uh, what's your concern? Um, it's 
it's a great show, so I think Thank a lot you. of people are benefiting from it. You bet. My, you bet. Uh, my question is that um, how long could an uh, employer keep you on contract? Uh, is it for like a year, two years? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, you know, we I, I've seen cases where people have signed, you know, I think I have one where there's like 30, you know, 30 different contracts over that, that type of time period, 30 years. Um, and, you know, can they do it? Sure. But will they actually be able to rely on it when push comes to shove? Probably not. Um, the, you know, there's, so there's no, there's no um, you know, easy answer to that. Um, you know, one year, two years, something like that would probably be okay. But once you get into, uh, you know, multiple contracts over several years, um, the, the law is going to deem you to be, uh, you know, a full-time indefinite term employee. Okay. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, why? What's your situation? Like, how long have you? How many contracts no, have you signed? It's, uh, it's for a friend, so I just wanted to give like get some information. So it's like um, she's been there like a year and a half. So she's just deciding um, what are they going to do after another six months? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, a year and a half uh, on contract, uh, whether it's one contract or two or something like that, would probably not be an issue. Um, it's just a, you know, if it goes, you know, much beyond, um, you know, a couple of years and, you know, having signed multiple contracts, um, it starts to look a lot like a, an indefinite term employment relationship. Um, also people on contracts sometimes are still entitled to, you know, are, are entitled to common law severance oh. at times too. So that would also be something to, to, to look into if, if she's let go. Okay. Uh, another question is that if it's severance and the reason is due to restructuring or something. Um, we can use your severance calculator to calculate it, right? For, for how many years, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just uh, go on there, type in the uh, statistics in terms of the age, years of service and position, and it'll tell you an estimate, and then uh, then you can give us a call. Sally, appreciate that final call. We are out of time for tonight. Back in here tomorrow, or pardon me, Wednesday at 7 o'clock, and then the weekend shows as well. You want to reach out, get a hold of Dave now. Simple, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. On Point returns momentarily with Alex Pearson right here on Global News Radio.